return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. You can head back for Kids Rock and thank you for those helping and serving and so forth in that area of the ministry. How many know, uh, got young people that have sat up here too, and Kingdom Youth Conference in October on a Wednesday night, uh, they're going to have a service here. Mid- Do you remember what day that is? 13th of October, Wednesday night, Fresh Fire is going to have a service here. And I'm glad that it's not a junior Holy Ghost, amen? Same Holy Ghost. And so it'll be a great Wednesday night to hear them share and have prayer as well. So, praise God. Amen. All right, they're headed back there. Praise God. Well, we're just blessed today. Uh, yesterday, Jesse shared in the Women Alive Conference, and Pastor uh, Sefa was here also helping us, men and jumped in on the guitar and so forth. So uh, that, that is great. They live up in the Twin Cities area. Uh, boy, it was over a decade ago when Sefa first came to the Tabernacle, and then Jesse followed uh, not long after that. And God has just blessed them. We've seen, watched their lives. And Sepha's mother's comforts here. And uh, what a birthday yesterday. So bless you, comfort, on your birthday. (laughs) Always good to celebrate. Amen. And so it's been fun to see how God has used them in the marketplace. Used them in churches, you know. First of all, in the St. Cloud area. And now in the Minneapolis, uh, south, south of the cities and so forth. And uh, so we're just excited they're here today. I'm glad Sefa could come along with his family when, when Jesse came to Women Alive. And uh, Pastor Sefa's got a word today, but also Jesse's coming. So let's, let's stand up. Let's welcome Pastor Sefa and Jesse Adepe as they come here. Come on up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's so good to be back home. This is home for us, you know. We've learned a lot um, under Pastor Dave and Jeannie's leadership. We learned a lot, a lot. And it's so surreal right now. I feel a lot of emotions (laughs) standing up here. And Pastor Dave, you just reminded me of something. So I'll share a testimony. I used to have a very serious face. Um, (laughs) Not that I was mad. But I just had a serious face. And um, one thing you taught us is go everywhere with a smile. And now I smile like I have something in me. It's crazy. (laughs) So we've learned a lot. It's it's, it's good to be back. And we're excited um, to see everyone. It's amazing. The the, um, reception has been fantabulous. So I'll hand it off to the man again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's put our hands together. Well, good morning. morning. Praise the Lord. How you doing this morning? God is good. Uh, I want to thank my wife, um, Jessie, again. Uh, 
for being a great wife, a great example, a great mother to our kids, um, a great daughter-in-law to my mother. Uh, um, I'm trying to earn points. Um, so I'm trying to think of all the good things to say, but I was here um, to see Jesse speak yesterday, and it was amazing. Uh, I loved it. Um, I loved the entire women's conference. Um, this church is so word-filled um, that by the time all the four women spoke, I felt like, yep, just rip my notes. Just tell Pastor Dave, everyone go back and watch videos um, from the Women's Alive Conference because it was just amazing. Uh, but, I, but I felt, you know, what, what neat it would be. The scriptures talk about in the book of Acts, it says, and when, when they had met together, the apostles, they rehearsed what the Lord had done. They made a practice, okay, a practice of what God had done in their life. So what better way um, to come and perhaps um, seal all this with, with a practice of the amazing things yeah. God has been doing. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully I would be able to inspire hope into everyone who believes that God is amazing, God is good, and God is for you, and God is going to do great things in your life. Um, I'm going to reiterate this again that Pastor Dave always says, God never has a bad day planned for you. All right? Yeah, yeah. And so before I go into it, I want to say again, thank you so much, Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie. Uh, you are in our hearts. We bring you everywhere we go. I've preached a ton, if not more, of your sermons. I never get credit to you, so people thought it was all me. Um, no, it was not. <laughs> it's all from Pastor Dave. Thank you for not only teaching us, but you impacted our lives greatly. Um, it goes from the way we have handled our money. It goes from the way we have been frugal. It goes from the way we have planned our lives. Um, and it's always going to be with us. And so thank you for living what you taught us. Uh, we love it. Um, you can go different places and many places. You would not find that. But this, this is a great place to be. Um, and I hope that and I pray that one day you would lift up your eyes and see all your children and grandchildren, black, white, and different colors come home. And you'll be able to point and say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. Every once in a while, you're going to see me pause and take a look and look at faces. I've seen Samson over there. I've been able to talk to Steve. Look at all the beautiful Francis there. I was able to visit with Francis and Eunice yesterday. Um, um, look at Kafui sitting right there. Look at all of you guys. Man, like, this is amazing. Jim, it was great to see you. Lena's there. I'm going crazy right here, but it's so good um, to see you, Pastor Randing. Deb, thank you for the wonderful message yesterday. Um, I think you preached the first half of my message um, yesterday. Um, so I'm going to continue this, the next half and get it done. But God bless you so much for having us here. It's, it's great. Um, I want to honor my friend Nathaniel, who uh, drove all the way from Rapid City uh, to be here. I love you, brother. Um, I'm praying that your skin gets get darker and darker so we can look a lot more alike. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, Mark from Sioux Falls, Mark Laquay, my good brother, uh, you know, right from here. Yes, that um, I've been able to know you and your wife and all of that. So thank you, everyone, for being here. It's so good and so great. Um, look at Patience and Joshua and all of you. Uh, Kathy, look at that. Helen is there. All that. 
Um, God is good. All right, I'm going to stop at that and go ahead and, 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 and preach here. So um, let's go ahead and share a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're awed yes. by your goodness. Yes, Lord. We're applicants for your grace and we're recipients of your love. You, we salute you. Yes. We salute your kinship. We salute you, Father, of all the good things. Wow, see that you have made us yes. a royal priesthood. Yes. A chosen generation, all these special, unique people, a nation that are set apart to declare your own praise and your own glory. What God, what God you are. And so today as we gather here, there may be people that are coming with different kinds of needs, but we have to preach just one sermon that cuts across every single person here. I pray, Heavenly Father, your word is already anointed, but I pray in the name of Jesus, every person will be able to grasp the spirit of the word and it will set us free from whatever thing that we're struggling with. May hope come back alive again. As we meet here in your presence. You're such a great God. And for that we give you praise. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. All right. Today I want to talk about this scene is not your story. Okay. This scene is not your story. And I know that uh, we go through different things um, in life. John. It's good to see you, John. Yes. (laughs) Um, We go through different things in life. um, And sometimes... It's easy for us to feel that when we're in a season or on, in a particular scene, that may be what our lives look like. But there's a greater plan um, down the road that I believe God will help you. So my attempt is to talk about a passage in Scripture, which for a long time I've, I felt I did not really have the prerequisite experience that would authorize or warrant me or be able to give me the grace to speak about um, until recent years. You know, so what I'm trying to say is that sometimes God can allow you to go through certain things or let's no scratch that. That's not right. God, when you go through certain things and God allows you to walk the life. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. The life of a scripture It's able to come up alive better in you, and you're able to speak to that scripture, okay? I don't want us to go into all this thing. Is this, is is God, is that God who did that bad thing? Absolutely not. We're going to be talking about today. But God can change that. God can use that. God can turn that around and do something great in your life. Are you following? Um, So so you would see that um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 if we do have the scriptures, it says, it says, God who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort you and I have received. Okay? So I am not saying that you need to go through something to be able to speak about it well. But what I'm saying is that there is a grace that sometimes comes on your life when you've walked the life 
a certain thing and you're able to speak to it. It's like when Pastor Dave and Ginny are writing the book on, on, on white knuckle faith. It's, they've, got, got us, they've gone through certain things and they've been able to bring scripture into their experience to be able to have a command over what God is saying or God said through those times. So does it make sense? All right. So anyone can be anointed or have grace to be able to speak the life of a scripture out. But it's different when you go through that thing with God in your mind and God in your heart. And God gives you the grace to communicate about that. Okay. All right. And so I'm, I'm going to share with you today about some of our journeys in some of the things that uh, my family and I have gone through. So 26, we came here, went to school in SDSU, both my wife and, and I got our master's degree um, from SDSU. In 2016, my wife got a job in, 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 the, in, the, in the Minnesota, in St. Cloud area. And so um, at the time, we rented an apartment there. So my wife will live there for five days and then drive when she's done with work on Friday, drive to the family here. We did not have our daughter at the time, but we ha- I had my two boys. Um, and so she would drive on, on back home on Friday. We would live here and then go back the Monday morning, okay? So work is great. She, she loved that. She was a process engineer, I think level three process engineer. Um, we loved living here in Brookings. We're still very committed to the church. Uh, we loved it. Um, she would come back on a Friday, and she would be sometimes when she's scheduled to be on the worship team on the weekend, and myself as well, and we'll do that. Loved it. Um, and so um, my wife was pregnant at the time, and then we, we gave birth to my daughter, Sarita Faith, um, in, in March of 2017. Now, so we decided after prayer and a lot of thought that would move our whole family um, to the Minnesota area, and that's Jeannie alluded to the fact that they had wanted to just pop our car tires, but that did not work, and so we were able to uh, <laughs> we were able to move to the Minnesota area. Now this is great, and so we finally moved in June, actually July of 2017, um, to St. Cloud. Uh, great, and uh, what would happen is that I would still come drive back here. Um, and go and teach a couple classes um, in the geography um, department, GIS geography department. So I'll do that a couple times a week while I'll be here and live with my sister um, and then go back um, on Thursday or Friday. Um, so God is doing great things. And then I remember one morning, it was a Tuesday morning, October 24th, 2017. Great, great, great day. In the morning, I had my books. I was right on campus. I was going to go teach a lab. Um, and I, ha- I had a call from my wife, and she's crying on the other end of the phone. And I'm like, just, just what's going on? Well, what had happened, uh, what happened was that they, their company was bought by a bigger company, and so they kept some of their core people, and she was one of the core people that they kept because, you know, some of the things she was doing. Um, unfortunately, they had to cut down, and they cut her job. Okay, so that morning, Jessie's on the phone, and she's crying on the other end of the phone. And I'm like, no way. So I did what every loving, caring husband would do. I said, I blame you for letting us go to Minnesota. It was all your fault. I never, no, I did not do that. (laughs) I did not. I said, where are you at? And she says, she just parked in front of her job. And I said, if you could wait for me there, don't drive home. I'm coming home. So I turned to a friend and I said, could you teach this class for me? My wife needs me now. It takes about three hours and ten minutes to drive. 
I made it in two hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, but when I got there, she, she had driven home. And so I went home, and she was in the kitchen washing dishes. And I looked at her, no scripture, no prayer. I hugged her, hugged her, and let her weep. And I wept with her at the time. And what said, we'll just so give praise to God. We will love Jesus. We'll do everything. It was the most difficult time of our lives. Four days later, AJ celebrated his birthday. We we tried and made it good. Yeah. Um, As we go about, and so she would go through looking for jobs and applying for jobs, but all the way through um, October, November, December, January. It was not until February um, of 2018 that um, she would find another job which was a good job, engineering job. Um, because we're international students, um, we were at the time applying for visas. Okay? And so you would believe and pray that you would find a job that will sponsor your visa. Yeah. And so this job said, well, if you're not permanent residents, we cannot sponsor your visa. Right. So this job that she found in February also slipped through her hands like grains of sand again. And on top of that, a week, a week after that, Monday morning, I was reading my Bible, and Jesse runs from the bedroom, comes to me as my Bible is on my lap reading. I was living, sitting in the living room, and she says, guess what? She's crying. I'm like, what? She says, I just lost my dad. When problems are coming, she lost her dad. It feels like an avalanche of things, one after the other, yeah. like a snowballing of different kinds of problems. I held her again. No scripture. Nothing. She didn't quote anything. As a matter of fact, all the scriptures I was going to tell her, she knew them already. Sure. But she needed Sepha to hug her so she could feel my heart beat. Yeah. And I'm like, for you, honey. It's hard. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. But I am for you. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, so what do I do with this? Or maybe you've gone through so many things in your life and you're thinking, how would I deal with things like this? If it's difficult, if it feels like you're stuck, it feels like things are so quiet, it feels like is God really there? The promises he gave us, is it really true? Well, let's look at what James chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. I want to keep your anxiety up for a little bit. We'll talk about that later on. So it says, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are in, uh, scattered abroad. Greetings, my brethren. Count it all joy. Do you see that? When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So maybe you're asking yourself, why, why James? Why are we looking at this scripture? Well, James is a very practical person. It's for the practical individual. James will talk about the way we deal with money. 
James will talk about things that we face on a daily basis, sometimes even on an hourly basis. It will deal with trials and temptations and, and look at different things. But before we go deep down into it, I want us to consider three lessons through this book of James. Um, the, these first um, uh, four verses, because it's very, very easy for us or the enemy to deviate what James is talking about and use it for something that God does not intend. Number one lesson is God is not the cause of bad things in my life. But God can use the things that happen to suffer for my own good and for God's goodness. Did you hear that? All right. Number two, every trial has the potential to build you up rather than tear you apart. Okay, and there's been questions about, well, does God test, try, or tempt his people? Number one, God does not tempt. The Bible says that when any man is tempted, he's drawn out of their own lust and they are enticed. Does God test you and all that? Let me tell you this. Let's, well, let's listen to this. God has, life is established. Forever ago, God, his word is settled in the heavens. And so life itself will test you. God does not necessarily need to come down and try you or test you. But every morning, whether you want to wake up at 6 or 10 a.m., is their own test of its own. God has established the mornings, the noonday, and the evenings. But life will test you. If you're married, it's a test in its own. So you're going through that. God doesn't necessarily need to orchestrate certain things in your marriage to test you. Okay, life is that way. Okay, if you're going to live healthy in itself is a test that you're going to have to pass on your own. Okay, but what we get is when God through his word and his scripture gives us the enablement to be able to go through this life that presents a test for us to pass that. Do you get that? All right, so once, you know, like this, also this thing about, well, the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. I'm like, one, I'm not Jesus, but two, the reason why he led him in to be tested is so that you will not be tempted of the devil. So the Spirit of God led him there and he was tempted already. We're done with that, okay? Now Jesus has the power and he gives you and I the power to be able to overcome, okay? So we don't have to complicate things that God does not intend for us, all right? It's very, very easy. Oh, God has a reason or there is a reason for everything. Absolutely not, okay? The lesson number three, the measure of my blessing in God is in proportion to my willingness to remain patient in difficulty, Okay, difficult times are going to come in our lives. It's life, but if I'm patient, waiting through God, I will be able to get the blessing that God brings out of my life or God intends for me to get. This is good. It's good because I know I am not wrestling with something with a God who needs or intends good for me, but I am working together with God who wants me to have the power to overcome everything I am walking through. All right. So we're going to go back again and look at this scripture again. It's already there. So but from the verse um, two, it says, count it all joy. And in my Bible, I've underlined the word count. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, 
Verse 3 says, knowing, and my Bible has underlined, knowing that the testing of your faith, Cephas' faith, Jesse's faith, Pastor Dave's faith, John's faith, produces patience. Verse 4 says, but let, and the word let has been underlined in my Bible as well, let patience have its perfect work. Whoa, I love that. That you will be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. How did you notice that all those three ver, um, words that I've underlined are verbs? Verbs, okay? They are things that God or James is inspiring or talking to us that we need to do as we walk through the very difficult times of our lives. All those three ones are verbs. It is the verb count. Some other verses will say consider. Consider, count, consider. The other one will be no. Okay, no is a verb. And the the third one is let. Okay, let is also a verb. And so James says, do these three things. Count or consider. Number two, I want you to know. And number three, I want you to let. Okay, now now look at this. Look at this. So it says count, know, and let. Head, heart, hand. Count, no, let. Head, count, heart, you know, let, you surrender. Three, as you walk through the most challenging times of your life, count, no, let. What are we going to do? James said, with your head, You're going to think differently. With your heart, you're going to accept God's truth in your life. With your hand, you're going to surrender. And let God work with you through his word to bring the things that he wants to do in your life. You see what he's saying? So three things. Now, Christianity has been criticized for making it about a bunch of rules. It's so sad because you have you would see pastors who are actually part of speaking these things. Oh, it's all about a bunch of rules, you know, and a lot of that is because we want to cheapen grace and lighten grace to the point where people will be Christians and do anything they want. Did you find that the scripture says for you have encountered the grace of the Lord that helps us and sets us apart from every sin. And so grace itself teaches us how to uphold ourselves in purity and righteousness. So what I'm saying is that it's not about verbs or rules or standards. It's it's, uh, rules, but it's more about principles. It's principles. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. It's a principle of bringing the tithe at the month end into the storehouse of God. So God would do it. The world will turn it and make you feel, oh, they're just putting yokes on your head. And these are just rules. So get free off of that. No, it's not rules. God comes to us and he brings principles. And that's why it's important that these verbs or action words in the scriptures are taken seriously. Because God wants us to partake in the things he's called us to do. All right? 
you're partakers of his divine nature. God wants you to participate. In the old covenant, it will say, for do not, do not, do not. But in the new, we are called to do. So God is calling you to, number one, what let. He's calling you to think different. He's calling you to know and to accept in your heart what the truth of the Lord is. Am I making sense this morning? All right. So we're going to break all these three um, down. Think different. Accept God's truth. And surrendering to God. And talk about some verses that speak well into this. So Matthew chapter 4. The verse 12 through 17. Um, it says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun, this is so good, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, the Galilee and the Gentiles, the people who sat in the darkness have seen a great light. Don't you like that? The people that sit in darkness, it could, it could be symbolic maybe of a season or a time in your life when you're going through so much difficulty. But Jesus comes and he says that if you're sitting in darkness, you have seen a great light. And he said, for those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, have you ever been through that? Sometimes you feel like, man, I'm going through so much. It feels like I'm not even alive. It feels like one thing or the other. But Jesus says, for if you you're sitting in the region of the valley of the shadow of death, just like David will say, when I where though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. As a matter of fact, did you know that Psalm, the book of Psalm, is so prophetic? It is the one book in the Old Testament that is most quoted in the New Testament. Get time and read through the Psalms. They're so good. But can you see prophecy coming to Come into fruition here. It says that light has dawned on you. So I want to stop here and speak into your life today. If you're going through anything and you feel literally like this is the valley of the shadow of death, I want to speak into your life that Jesus has dawned his great light on you. And yet a little while and this pain you're going through, you're going to see an end to it. You're going to see the hand of God lift so high on your life that it would wash away all the pain, all the darkness and light will shine in your heart again. But look at what verse 17 says. It says from that time, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I used to always think when I was a much younger Christian that repent was this uh, religious terminology that will call me out to do away with all the things and all that until I re- I, I watch closely into the Greek word of what repent means and several times when it's used in scripture that word is me- metaneo in the Greek and it's two words put together meta and neo meta means changed after and neo means think you're changed after the pattern of your thinking as a man thinks in his heart so he is or so he becomes. So what Jesus was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. He was literally saying 
that think differently before you experience this kingdom. Because if you don't think differently, it is very easy for you to say that it is God who is bringing this trial in my life or this temptation in my life and you will let the enemy alone. But if you know who you are fighting against and you know who is for you, you will know that I will amass my, 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 my scripture verses and I will stand in the watch night. I will bow down my knees and I will pray to the God of heaven. It does not matter how long it's been. There is a God in the heavens who calls me that my spirit should cry out and my mind should be able to think differently. He's not the one people. He's not the one bringing the trial or the temptation. He's not the one bringing that disease or that sickness. He's not the one who got the job away from my wife. He is the solution. He is not the problem. And if you will think differently, people, if you will think differently, we will see his hand come to pass. Do you like that? I like that too, yes. I like that. Repent. Think differently. Think differently. Who told you that? Who said that this is God trying to bring something good in my life? God has many ways to bring good in our lives, excluding all the bad. Know who you're fighting with. Okay? Okay, think differently. So the second thing, so head, heart, okay? Second thing that James said is your heart, okay? So with your head, you consider. With your heart, you know. What do you do? It says, accept God's truth over your life with your heart, okay? The truth you accept easily becomes your reality. So don't tune on the notifications on your phone every morning and see how many Is it too sensitive to talk about that? Um, How many COVID cases? How many people are dying? Oh my gosh, the world is going to... No, don't do that. Because you will rule your day with that simple line of bad news. Sometimes you don't even read into that news, but just the headline sets you off on the wrong path. Have you noticed that if you're looking at any symptoms on the internet, every symptom you see, you have them? Oh, yeah, that happens to be like, if I'm going to go, oh, my finger, if I feel this pain in my, look at, oh, it's not good, it's not good, it's not good. Like, everything I read on the internet, I have it. Right? Why not in God? Why not? Every single thing I read from here, Mala Sola La Jesus, you mean I am this? Yes, he says. All books are made by men. This is the only one that makes man. Oh, women, I'm telling you, God wants you to know his truth and accept his truth. What that means is that you would diligently search the scriptures. Did you know that Jesus, when he said in Matthew 4, for man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What he meant is that every word in the Bible, there's layers of breakthrough, breakthrough one, breakthrough two, every single word. What that also means is that every time Sepha stands here
here and I'm going to be preaching the word of God. I need to be sure that that word I'm preaching, people can live by that word. I don't need to come here and scare you of demonic attacks and all the negative things in the world. Because can you live by that? Absolutely not. But when I come here and I tell you you're the head and not the tail, you can smile on your job. You can believe God for something greater in your life. I bet you can live by that. Something different can happen in your life. God can change things happening in your life. Yes. Yes. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 5 through 12. Says Moses writes that the last way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. I'm glad I'm under grace. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven or to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead. Do you know what he's trying to say here? He says, live simply. Don't make truth complicated. It is not best to go down in the scriptures and try to prove how all of that works. Come to the end of it. The end of it is Jesus came. He gave his life. He died and rose again. And you have life through that. So he's saying here, don't complicate anything. Who died, who went where, and who rose again? It's all about Jesus. And if he's done that, we've got life. Verse 8 says, in fact, it says. So he's going down to tell you what it really says. Okay. And it says the message is close at hand. Very close in, in the New Living Translation. He says it's on your lips. And it's in your heart. What's he saying? He's saying faith is in two places. Faith is on your lips. And faith is in your heart. Always faith in two places. The one on your lips. And the one in your heart. And the message is, is, is the message about faith that we preach. Number 9. Verse 9. It says, if we openly declare the Lord Jesus um, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will, I love that, be saved. Faith is in two places. It says, number one, I want you um, to declare Jesus as Lord. But number two, I want you to also believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead. Then you will be saved. In the New Living Translation, the verse 10 is amazing. You don't find that in, in all of them, but it says this. It says that for it is, for it is by believing in your heart that you... Be- You are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So verse 9 says you will be saved. Verse 10 says you are saved. Those two are very different. The verse 9, you will be saved, is the word sozo. Okay? Sozo in the Greek. It's a verb that means to heal, to preserve, to protect, or to be whole. The other one, you are saved in verse 10, is a noun. And it means to be freed from, to be delivered from. So if I were the one who wrote the Bible, if which I wasn't, I would 
interchange verse 9 and 10. I will put 10 before 9, and it would read like this. If I believe in my heart and I declare with my mouth, I will be brought or be freed into the kingdom. In Colossians, it says that God has translated us, has freed us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So he's saying that the noun, when we declare Jesus as Lord, we come to a place. You are saved. It's a place. It's the kingdom. It's a place where now you have access to unbelievable things. And then I will switch and bring verse 9 later. And it will say, if I believe in my heart and I declare that Jesus is Lord, I will be saved. Healing. So when I come into the kingdom, I have the tendency to get healing in my life as I declare that God is, is God or Jesus rose from the dead. So number one, I come to a place. And number two, I can Continually be, be, I'm being made whole. I'm being healed as I accept God's truth and I declare with my mouth that I am going to be healed. Yet a little while from now and the pain will be completely gone. Yet a little while from now and the thing I'm believing God for will be done. So you come to a place and then you get healed. You get freed. You get delivered. God's got great plans for you. That is why in Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 through 11, it would say that wherefore God hath exalted him, talking about Jesus, um, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and of things on the earth and of things under the, under the earth and every tongue shall say to the glory of God the Father that Jesus is Lord. Did you see how it says at the name, at the name, at the name, it's a place. It's a place of the kingdom where I talked about the soteria. It's a place of the kingdom. It's a now. You have come to a place of salvation. You have come to a place where you'll be saved and delivered at the name of Jesus. The third, third one. So we talked about head, heart, and hand, right? Think differently. Accept God's truth. Number three, surrender. You want to work with God. You want to work with God. Surrender is this way. God, I don't understand what I'm going through. But every morning, I will surrender my hands. I will lift up my hands to heaven. And I will pray and I will say, Father, I know this is not from you. But I know you will take this away from me as I continue to believe in you. I know you died and rose again. I know there is power uh, that would break this chain. I know my God. I know my Redeemer lives. The third thing for you to do is, my friend, uh, is for you to lift up your hands and surrender to God in worship. I love that. Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 25 through 31. It says, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created this? It says, who brings out the starry host one by one and calls each one of them by name? Why do you say, oh Jacob? Why do you say, oh Israel? My, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my Lord. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God himself created the heavens and the earth. And if he could name the stars, he could call them one by one. He can give power to the weary and he would increase the strength of anyone that needs it. It says that even the youth and the young men would be weary and tired and the young men would utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord, if you are here listening to death speak, those who wait is you're going to what? You're going to um, intertwine around the Lord. Sometimes it also means to exercise 
exchange your strength. As we wait on the Lord, renew, we exchange our strength. We give all of our weaknesses to Him who takes them away. We give all of our pain because He gives us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Oh my God, God is getting ready to bring breakthrough in your life if you would just work with Him. Lift up your hands every morning and surrender in worship God. This is painful, but I'm going to salute and worship you anyway because one of these days <laughs> February February 28th or oh, 27 2018 so my wife's not working with OPT um, which is if you're a STEM science technology engineering math student as an international student it expires three years so in 2018 September of 2018 that would expire but you would need to find an employer that would want to sponsor your visa your visa for you and if they do that they sponsor an h1b for you um, it has to be done by April 1st or April 15th if you miss that that's it okay you're not going to get that means you're illegal you got to ex- exit the country. So we're one month away. And not only is our case worse, but my wife does not have a job now. Okay, so remember October? All right. So then she finds the job and she, she applies for it. Three days later, she's called. Job is in Red Wing for an interview. So she does a phone interview. Then they call her and say, could you come in and we could uh, interview you again? So she goes in and we're driving. So I'm driving with her. I'm my wife's number one fan, okay? Um, Another point for for today. Um, So we're driving together and we're going deep into Red Wing. And it was like, wow, this is not a lot in Red Wing, you know, way south of of the cities. And so not a whole lot that you see in Red Wing. And so we're driving. We go, we get to this company. It's a big, big company, uh, big graphic. And she goes in, and I go have coffee, I think at Caribou, waiting for her. It's a three-hour interview, so I'm just waiting and praying and waiting and praying. And while I do that, I'm, I'm driving around the town as well and praying in the name of Jesus. If this is where God wants us to be. We claim here. We could have a church here. We could have do, you know, do all that. She comes back and she's excited. She says, guess what? When I went into that, it felt like I was interviewing them and they were trying to sell the job to me. She says, this is a great job. You've got great skill and all that. Well, fast forward one week later. Well, not one week later. I think three days later, they gave her an offer, okay, to come be an engineer in that company. So Jesse says, well, yes, but I would need you to sponsor my visa to start with an H-1B visa for me because, you know, that will cover and all that. And they were like, okay, we'll get back to you on that. So they call us back a day later and like, okay, we're going to sponsor your visa for you. Can you bring us this, 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 this? Now remember, when she accepted the offer, she had not signed any documents yet. She says, accepted. Um, they had not done any background checks or anything. But they file everything. At this time, we're only one week away from the April 1st de- deadline. They file everything within two days, sent to their lawyers, submitted and received. And now they came, came back and said, oh, we forgot. Now we have to do a background check on you. So God orchestrated this company, filed H-1B visa. It's accepted. 
for us before they even start. Okay, can you sign your contract or can you sign your employment form and do all of that for us? How amazing. How amazing. Not only did it get filed and accepted, but by September got approved. Not only that, our thing was that we're going to wait and maybe a year later say, hey, could you go ahead and file a green card for us, you know, make it more permanent. By the time Jesse's going to say that, um, her human resource manager says, oh, just in case you did not know that, your green card process was already started six months ago. So it's in the process. I am telling you right now, yes, before she said that. Okay? So not only that, but everything went through, God approved and checked everything, and that's how from that phone call, October 24th, 2017, it seemed like a break. Miserable. From that call from Ghana that said, Dad is no more. From all of those pains, there was a God who was working behind the scenes. God is working if we don't even know it. We did not have to pay anything. Well, I take that back. The only thing we paid was our uh, medical exam. Okay, throughout the entire process. Yeah. We'll be there and say, can you bring this document? Sent. Yeah. Sent. So that's why I'm never going to divorce my wife. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but see what God did. He made a way when there seemed to be no way. God will do, I feel that same grace over here and more. Whatever thing you're dealing with. First Peter 20 and 20, verse chapter 1, 20 and 21. It says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. What that means is that please don't sit down and try to come up with your own idea of what the scripture is saying. But it also says don't use your own experiences to try to explain scripture. Okay? And it says that, but for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the word moved, what Peter was saying was that it was like we were like stuck Ship moved. That's what Peter said. It was like like a stuck ship moved by the Holy Spirit. March 23rd, 2021, this year, I think a week before Easter, something happened. If you ever know that the, um, one of the largest boats called the Ever, Ever Given, you got Evergreen, Ever Giving, and all that, in the Suez Canal. Now, Suez Canal was created um, like, like around Egypt, okay, between the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea. So they created a pathway, it's about one or five mile long pathway that will connect freight ship, um, ship shipment from one Mediterranean Sea um, into the Red Sea to prevent them from going all the way north around Asia, um, Europe and Asia, or all the way south. Okay, bypassing the, the Atlantic Ocean and the Indian Ocean to be able to make trade. So this is a whole 105 mile long pathway created. And I don't know if you, if you know about the Panama, uh, Panama um, Canal. 
it, lo- it uses locks to raise ships to set them on their cars. I love canal, canal. So if you study about them, it's so sweet. Go, go look into that. Now, the Suez Canal, after that was made, 2016, they created another pathway just to try to expand its pathway. So um, two ships can go at the same time. They start at the same point, but when they get to the middle, they would diverge and go on the separate ways. But it's neat because they would have to use the Suez Canal um, Authority to be able to help you navigate your ship when you get there just because of how intricate everything is. So it's about 200 meters wide and about 24 meters deep. Okay, so it needs a lot of navigation. Now, the Ever Given is a ship that can carry about 20,000 containers, max capacity. It's so wide and so long that its its length this way can be as tall as the Empire State Building. Okay, so a lot of freight goes through that. Now, the Suez Canal handles a lot of freight. About In a day, it's about 9 billion of freight, 400 million an hour. Guess what happened on March 23rd, 2021? The ever giving, as it was navigating its way through the Suez Canal, got stuck, went through to, to, into, the sand, um, into the sand, and diagonally, it blocked the whole pathway. So in about a week, 400 ships that were sending goods worldwide got stuck and could not go anywhere. Now you can begin to think about the dominoes of all the supply chain headaches and all people waiting for their things in different parts of the world that needs to go places that were stuck. So they thought about what could we do? So many things like bringing 10 tugboats to try to pull this 20,000 shipping container capacity out of the way through the sand and it would not work. They wanted to fly in helicopters to be able to take the freight, but estimated that that would take about a whole month or more to take out all the freight. They thought about bringing in excavators to come and dig around the sand to be able to free that and they would try everything. It would not work. Palm Sunday, you know what happened? The moon showed up. We get 12 to 13 moons in a year. About six of them will be super moons. will come very close. Okay? Uh, Native Americans will call that the, earth, the, the worm moon. Okay? Because it's at that time, the earth will begin to crack and you see earthworms come out of that. When that happened, I'm sure you know where this is going. Francis can tell you better than I am saying this. But the moon, when it comes, what happens is that it affects the tides. When the tides come, guess what? It affects the water level. The sea level rises, especially if it's in the canal. So do you know what happened? When the moon came and the tides were affected, that whole 105-mile canal got risen by 18 inches. And of all the things that people had done to free it, it was the moon that brought the tides, that raised the sea level, and the ever-given was able to sail and ride along. What's the point? I am saying that just like Peter said, maybe he says that I was or we were like a stuck ship that was ridden along by the Holy Spirit. What I am saying is that a lot of the times when you're living in gloominess 
in difficulty, in pain, when you are stuck, you can try everything. Guess what? You cannot push out. You cannot stand outside of the ever giving and push. It would not work. You can do everything that humanly possible you think you can do. But when we look up to the sky, when we look up to God, when we surrender and do not try to be like the sun, you know, the moon does not have light to give on its own. It reflects. It gives up the light that's given to it by the sun. Maybe what God is telling you today is all you need to do is stand, surrender and lift up your hand and like the moon came in and released this ever giving to have it be carried along a stuck ship, carried along in the same way if we allow the word of God to move us like a stuck ship from every situation you find yourself, it might be the same like that call on October 24, 2017 but another one is coming in February of the next year like a stock ship would you try right now to surrender and put all your efforts down and allow God and Jesus the Holy Spirit when he came to free us he was able to do exceeding above all that we can imagine and ask according to the power that rests in us would you please be on your feet this is a time to lift up your hands if you can it's a time to praise the name of the Lord if you can I've come to bring you hope whether you're praying for visa whether you're praying for a job whether you're praying for healing whether you're praying for your marriage whether you're praying that God will come into your life there is grace there is beautiful grace that like the stuck ship that was ever given God can release you God can make all things good in your life and so today we pray we pray we pray in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God will take care if you would surrender and listen to his word. God will take care. God will take care of you. Yes. Yes. Oh, Jesus, let healing and grace, let healing and grace be in this place. Let healing and grace be in this place. Let healing and grace be in this place. Hallelujah. Let healing and grace be in this place. It is happening. Father, we pray. Oh, heal, deliver, set apart. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be very respectful of time. My time is up. I want to pray for three kinds of people here today. Maybe you're here and you're like, I'm like the stuck ship. I've not received Jesus in my life. He feels far. I don't know. You don't need to throw your hands up in there. In your heart. I want to pray for you. The second person I want to pray for is if you're stuck in one place and cannot seem to make any significant progress in your life. Maybe I'm sick. Maybe I'm, it feels like I can't find the answer to this I'm going through. I want to pray for you too. The other person I want to pray for is maybe you're here. You're probably an international student. You're believing God for permanent visas. You're believing God for green cards. You're believing God that God will make a way. If God can do that for my wife and I and for my son and all of our kiddos, God can do even more for you. God needs 
people like you. America needs people like you who love the Lord to become part of it so we can serve this nation and serve God or serve God and serve this nation, I mean, and then be able to be able to stand and declare God's goodness. I want to pray for people like that. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to speak in tongues or pray any no, way you know how to, please do that. But Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We speak grace, a special grace. Grace for visas, grace for green cards, grace for citizenships. We believe you today. The Bible says that you're able to make, oh God, all things work together for our good. Even the things the enemy brings our way. We pray in the name of Jesus. The Father of God, let there be a breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. We're praying for people who are stuck. People with sicknesses and diseases. People who it feels, oh God, they don't have the answers. We're praying in the name of Jesus. Father, let there be a release. Let there be answers in the name of Jesus. Open doors. We declare doors open. We declare freedom. We declare freedom in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, and I want to pray for you. If you want to surrender your life to the Lord, God's got grace in this place. His blood makes us whole. It sets us free. His blood is the one that makes us every bit whole. And so we pray in the name of Jesus. May your heart may your heart be changed thank you Lord thank you Lord there's so much grace in this place Pastor Dave I want to thank you (laughs) I love this a lot I'm looking at everyone again I don't know the next time coming this way, but I love this. Amen. I love Amen. this. I'm gonna hang out, hang around just for a couple minutes. When 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 it's done, if I want to greet you, if you want to greet or anything, yeah. uh, we can do that. But thank you so much, Mama Mama Jeannie and Pastor Dave. Um, God bless you so much. Oh, God bless you, church. <laughs> Got it there? Okay. Let's just lift our hands again. Thank you, Lord. I know that he helps us to be unstuck, to move forward. Today is a day forward. Hallelujah. Forward. You're moving forward in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're just going to have an offering here. If you want to give electronically, you can put down guest speaker. If you want to give electronically the card back there, put guest speaker. Ushers are going to come. You can write a check to the church. Let's just be a blessing. Amen. Amen. I thank God for Pastor Sefa and Jesse. Their kids here. Kojo's here as well. Bless you. Haven't seen you in a while. Hallelujah. AJ. (laughs) Oh, God is so good. So just think a minute about what you might want to give as an offering. And then as God speaks to your heart, just just, uh, just obey Him. Amen. Again, you can give electronically if you want to. Father, thank you. Thank you for the word you gave Pastor Sepper. Thank you for this word today, Lord, that brings life to our lives. And we just receive it. We thank you, Lord, that we're seeing breakthroughs. We're seeing great things happen, Lord. We praise you today, Lord. That you bring light 
into our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we just honor you even with this offering. And we thank you for your blessings now. And every giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.